0: Allah والسلام على رسول الله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونعوذ بالله من الله فلا مضل له ومن فلا إله الله وحده لا أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الله سبحانه وتعالى اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا O oh, you who believe, fear Allah as you should be feared and die not except in the state of Islam as Muslims with complete submission to Allah all praise is due to Allah. We praise Him, seek for His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge with Him from evils in our souls and our misdeeds. No one can be misled whosoever Allah guides, and no one can be guided whosoever Allah causes to go astray. I testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah alone. He has no partner. I also testify that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is his slave and the last messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May the peace and the blessings of Allah be upon our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his companions, and all those who followed him and will follow him in righteousness till the day of judgment. Rabbishruhli sadri wa yisirli amri wahwa qaddam min lisani pi qawli As-salamu <laughs> alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Bismillah so I know now we're in the fifth week of school, and this is the positive start of the midterm season, so everyone's getting really, really busy, so I just want to start off by making dua for everyone, that inshallah, the, this next couple weeks will become easy for you guys, and you guys succeed in you know, the tests and whatever that may be going on. And so I was told, actually, to, about me giving the khutbah today, actually around like 10 a.m. today. I was told that I was going to have to give <laughs> the khutbah. So I was thinking, what should I give it on, what should I do? And the thing is that today, uh, we held the Qur'an Exploration Event. And over there, I went over Surah Al-Fatiha. And Surah Al-Fatiha is a surah that we all read. It's a surah that we read 17 times a day. And the thing is that the Qur'an isn't just something that we just read, that that we love to hear, but it's also something that we have to understand the meaning of because without understanding the meaning of the Quran we wouldn't have all these rules that we have now as Muslims we wouldn't know what our goal as Muslims is we wouldn't know what Allah SWT wants from us that's why we have That's what we have to as Muslims you have to understand what we're actually reading Allah SWT gives, yes He gives a lot of sayyat unbelievable, uh, I mean hasanat a lot of hasanat, unbelievable amount to whoever memorized the Quran, listens to the Quran, reads the Quran, but he also gives an unbelievable amount. And a necessary job of us is to learn what the Quran has to say for us. So I said, what's better than to actually have khutbah about this? About surah al-fatiha. What does Surah Al-Fatiha? What is the meaning of the surah? What's the theme behind it? And what does it have? What does Allah ta'ala want us to learn from it? So the thing is that if I went into detail of the actual tafsir, which means the meaning and the implication in our lives of whole Surah Al-Fatiha, it would take about an hour more than that. But obviously, I hope I have 10-15 minutes, so I'm going to be going over two ayats specifically in Surah Al-Fatiha. That whenever we are reading it in our prayers, or whatever it may be, when we're reading these ayats, we think about what we're reading, the meaning behind them. And the things that, so just before I go into these two, 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 uh, two ayat, I just want to give you a general theme of what fact <laughs> is about. Because the thing is that in the Quran, each surah has a particular theme or message or goal that Allah <laughs> is trying to let us, that Allah <laughs> is to tell us to take away from. So this surah contains a great deal of the central basic ideas of Islam, its beliefs and its concepts. And it outlines the essential perce- uh, perceptions and attitudes that we have as Muslims. The theme of the surah is recognizing the names and the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa Taala, and our overall relationship with Allah. And this is actually one of the old reasons why it was chosen to be the surah, the, the most frequent surah read, and the chosen as a surah that must be read in order for our salah to be valid. So I can get to everyone to uh, move up a little bit Because there's a lot more people that come in So it make some space for everyone to come and that. So The ayah that I want to visit first Is Then I start talking uh, Praise be to Allah The Lord of all the worlds Now Praise here means that the, it's basically the, word, the feeling of praise. The feeling of praise is actually one of the first like, feelings that are aroused in a believer's heart at the mention of the name of Allah, or at, the, at the mentioning of God. And this is, this is said, stated by Sayyid Qutb, who wrote the Shayyid of the Quran, who gave explanation on these ayat and surahs. And he says that this word of praise. Is the first feeling of first feeling aroused in a believer's heart when he thinks of Allah. What is meant by that? The thing is that whether you may be a Muslim or not non-Muslim, when you think of God, the idea that comes up, he's a person that can that helps me. He's a person that created everything. He's a person that if I don't worship, that if I don't obey, my life will not turn out well. And he's also the person that provides for This feeling of praise, this feeling of wanting to look up to something is actually called the instinct of sanctification. It's the instinct that every human has to look up to something, to look for something that would provide his support. Now, this instinct can be satisfied by worshiping Allah and believing in Allah, or It can be satisfied by looking up to something else that provides support for you. Whether it be science. You look at science as a thing that supports, as as that one and the only thing that we push and support. That thing that that decides my life. Or it can be uh, in Christianity where you have the trinity. Or in Judaism. There's different ways of fulfilling that instinct. And that's why regardless, what what other God you have, you have to you satisfy that instinct somewhere possible. In Islam, that instinct is satisfied by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believing in Him, worshiping Him, and encompassing that in all our lives. And the thing is that the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, whenever we want to do any action, whenever we want to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to do it at every, every action. It's actually a fundamental, principle of the Islamic faith when the Quran says he is Allah, there is no God worthy of worship except for him all praise belongs to him in this life and the next all authority is his and to him you will all be returned Allah SWT is saying that all praise everything in this world that encompasses this world belongs to him he's the one that made it and you when he will also everything will also return to him. So and another aspect of the praise idea is that Allah subhanahu grace is so much, it's so great, that when a believer says, Praise be to Allah, it is recorded for him as a good deed outweighing everything. Umar bin Khattab, the Prophet's companion, relates that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa once to uh, Told how a man once said, "Lord, I praise you as befits the majesty of your face and the greatness of your power." The two angels accompanying him, accompanying that man, could not evaluate the remark refer, and uh, remark and refer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala the Almighty, who commanded them register it in his record as he said it, and I shall reward him as he deserves when he returns to me. Now, what is meant by that? In this ayah. There was an individual who praised Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. And every individual has two angels on his right and on his left That record his actions, the good and the bad And the angels, when they were trying to evaluate the action that he just did, this praising Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, They couldn't, they weren't able to measure how, how heavy this good deed was So they went to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la and they asked him, "How much? what's the weight of this good deed? How do we quantify it? How do we measure it? And Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la said what? Register it in his record as he said it and I shall reward him as he deserves when he returns to me. So that means it's an un- unimaginable amount. It's an unimaginable just to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that praisement, that, that idea of praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it goes hand in hand with remembering it in every single action that we do Anything, anything that you can think of the idea of praise has to be there the idea of remembering where Allah was there He's the one that provided this for me Things that unfortunately many of us and actually not many of us even the most devout Muslim and the most non-devout Muslim when they're in the time of need in a time where they are in the most, like they need the most help, they will reach out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will make dua, for example, before a test, or before they want to apply for a job, or before they get married, or they're in a financial situation, whether they have some uh, conflicts with their families, or with other people. Whenever you put it in any hardship, you suddenly find people. Praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making dua to him. But this praise has to be both ways. Both in times of hardship and in times of wealth, of prosperity, of you know, when you're not particularly in a bad situation. It comes hand in hand in everything. Because if you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the good that He gave you, you start to believe that this is the, this is the result of my abilities. This is the result. Of me, only, Allah ta'ala Wasn't involved in this You might think, you might think it's, a little, it's a little stretch and I'm stretching it a little bit here That a person doesn't praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't, That means he doesn't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That means he doesn't remember him But it's the exact opposite If a person never praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He never acknowledges the fact That he's the one That provided this to him In the second part of the now, Where Allah ta'ala says Lord of all the lords and this actually expresses the absolute universal Godhead, which is at the very core of the Islamic concept of, of Allah, which is in there as said by Sayyid Allah. So, what does this actually mean? This actually reflects the idea of Tawheed, which is believing that there is no God but Allah. That and the Prophet is his last messenger, but that idea that there is no God but Allah. Is the fundamental basis of Islam. It's one of the five the pillars that we learned. One of the five pillars. an la ilaha illallah, wa Muhammad Rasulullah. That there is no God. But Allah and the Prophet Muhammad is his last messenger. This is something that's said by our tongues minimum, minimum seventeen times a day. And probably even more. But we constantly say that you are the Lord of the Holy World. But what does this specifically mean? What does Tawheed mean? What does it mean to actually say that there is no God but Allah? It's actually, it's a reflection of uh, our concept that we say Iman. Iman, what it is, it's to have certainty and to have no doubt and in idea. In Islam, there's Iman Billah, and Malakitihi, and so on. And specifically in this ayah, it's talking about Iman Billah, the certainty of the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That there is no God but Allah. But the thing is, what does it mean by there is no God but Allah? What does it mean that we only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because unfortunately, worship isn't as simple as a person that you just uh, look up to, that you make dua for, that you just look up to, oh, he is the Lord, the all the Lords, and that's what he makes. That's only what by worship. A person that you prostrate to, a person that you look up it's not just that. Worship has a totally different meaning. And that's why I'm going to bring an example of people that took the idea I- to represent that I- what worship actually means. So Abiyah bin Ahmed, he was a Sahabi that went to one of the biggest war generals during that time to tell them to accept Islam. And then when he was talking to the world general, the world general asked him, What's your purpose? What are you what are you coming here for? And then Abiy bin Ahmed said, Allah Azza wa has sent us to deliver you from worshipping the creation to worshipping the creator of the creation. And to deliver you from the constriction of this world to the vastness of this world. In the afterlife and from the oppression of the religious religions to the justice of Islam. Allah Azza wa Jalla has sent us to save you from worshipping each other. Why did Rabbi Amir use the word worship here? Worship each other. That's not the same worship that we're always thinking about. You can't say that I worship another human. It just that's not used in our vocabulary. That I worship another human. It doesn't fit on our this The thing is that in Islam, the definition of worship is, is actually given to us in a hadith. Where had ibn Hatim, radiyallahu said that he came to the Prophet wearing a gold cross around his neck. The Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Adi, throw away this idol from yourself. And the Prophet ﷺ recited the verse, they, Jews and Christians, took the rabbis and their monks to be their lords besides Allah. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, It was not that they worshiped these people, but rather whatever they made permissible for them, they believed it to be permissible. And whatever they forbade, they believed it to be Allah This is what meant by worship When Allah SWT says, they took their rabbis and their monks to be their lords beside Allah Is when you take something other than Allah SWT and make that The deciding factor in your life To make that the lens in which you look on life and you say whether well, I should do this or not do this The thing is that unfortunately we might take ideas of, of politics of government or the ideas of science. We're all students here, we've learned a lot of science. And the things that unfortunately, we take this outlook and we say, What? Let me take this science, let me take this politics, whatever issues going on, let me say what the idea, the viewpoint that I have, let me go to Islam and see if Islam matches with what I'm saying. The thing that's that's a little tricky there is that you're using what? Rules other than what Allah subhanahu ta'ala gave you To analyze The Qur'an The thing is that in Islam You have to take the Qur'an And then you analyze the things around you You take that as the lens To analyze what's around you to make, to make sure that Allah ta'ala Is truly the one that you're worshipping Not something else So now The next ayah that I want to go further into is Master of the Day of Judgment In this ayah as said by Sayyid al qutb it states another fundamental Islamic principle that has a most profound influence on human life belief in the hereafter This is yet another Pillar of Iman. Iman biomed al, which is what? The certainty and certainty and no doubt in the belief of the Day of Judgment. Now the thing is, why was Iman? Iman in the Day of Judgment chosen? Why Allah emphasize this is something that we say so many times and we probably said it a million times already in our lives. Why was this chosen? It's the idea is actually pretty, pretty simple is that if you don't believe in the hereafter, we actually have no goal in our lives. Simple. It's very, very simple. as simple as that. The things that without the hereafter, yes, I believe in God. I know Allah is there. I know He gave me these rules and things like that. But what's going to make me listen to His rules, listen to the the guidelines that He gave me, if there is going to be no reward for me hereafter? Has no implication on me in this life and the afterlife. What's the point of me trying to listen to what he has to say to me if I'm not going to be benefiting or getting of it? That's the thing. That's the idea. That's why we have Iman in the hereafter. That's why the hereafter exists. It gives a human a goal to live by, a goal <coughs> to strive for, a reason to obey the rules and the commands of Allah ta'ala that he gave in the Quran and also through the Sunnah. And things that if we didn't have this idea of the afterlife, our life right now would be completely different. And that's why there exists the idea of agnostic. Agnostic is the idea of a person believing in God, knowing that their God exists a God, but saying that he has no effect on your life. He hasn't, has no effect on your life. The thing is that if he has no effect on your life, what's the point of me worshiping God? What's the point of me believing in him? There really is no point. Now, unfortunately, it's a story that I from one of my friends. He was an atheist. And he was telling me how, obviously, the atheists don't believe in God, right? So I was talking to him about this idea, and he comes up and he tells me, Manic, I actually had this, uh, I was thinking since atheism there's no belief in God and they just say I'm just an organism what's the point of me just living in this life <clears throat> what am I trying to achieve here like what am I going to be doing for the rest of my life is, a, is there just fucking after there's really no point so if I just died right now there'd be no point point. and he tells me that he's well, that if he wasn't afraid he he would have committed suicide a long time ago. But alhamdulillah, I talked to him and pushed him away from it. But that got me thinking that how hard must it be to live a life where there's no goal after this one? Where you think that you have no purpose? Where you're just living day by day? Day by day? And not recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why on the Day of Judgment, Allah ta'ala will grant us jannah or jahannam, hell or paradise, based off how we listen to him, how we follow his rules and regulations, and how we live our lives. Stay on the straight path for him, so we can achieve the goal that we're wanting, jannah, insha'Allah. أقول <coughs> القول هذا الله لي ولكم المسلمين Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the name of Allah, all praise be to Allah in blessings, and peace be upon the messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So I want to conclude this khutbah by giving a hadith where the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam talks about Surah Al-Fatiha, what it means. And just the impact, something that we read 17 times a day. The prophet Muhammad is reliably reported to have quoted Allah as saying that the fruits of prayer are shared equally between me and my servant. And my servant will be granted what he asks for. As the worshiper recites in prayer, praise be to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. Allah will say, my servant has praised me. As he recites the compassionate, the merciful, Allah will say, my servant has thanked me. As he recites, master of the day of judgment, Allah will say, my servant has glorified me. And he says, as he says, you alone do we worship, and you, to you alone do we turn for help. Allah will say, this is between me and my servant, and my servant will receive what he asked for. And as he says, guide us to a straight path, the path of those on whom you have bestowed your favors, not those who have incurred your wrath nor those who have gone astray Allah will say this is for my servant and will be granted his wish all these recitations are actually the Surah Al-Fatiha Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawm Al-Din Iyaka Na'budu Wa Ihdina Assiraat al mustaqim صِرَاقَ اللَّهِينَ أَنْحَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْبُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَالضَّالِينَ That right there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted me seven different promises. When he prayed, where Allah subhanahu wa might, where he said, He just told me, my servant has praised me, my servant has thanked me, my servant has glorified me. And he said, this is between me and my servant. My servant will receive what he asked for. And he will say, this is for my servant. He will be granted his wish. And that's something that we say 17 times a day. And I want everyone, whenever you're reading the Surah Al-Fatiha, to take that, think about it. Every word that is being said. Every ayah that is being read. The implication and the meaning behind it. And actually, and I encourage you to go into other surahs look deep into them what is the ayah what is the meaning behind it what does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want us to take away from it understand this so when you're reading these surah when you're in your prayer you have truly an understanding of what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to tell us allahumma salli ala muhammad wa ala ali muhammad kama sallaita ala ibrahim wa ala ali ibrahim innaka hamid majid allahumma barak ala muhammad wa ala ali muhammad كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إنك حميد مجيد اللهم الْمُسْلِمِينَ والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات منهم والأموات إنك سميع مجيب الدعوات والله your favor to let our hearts be full of your gratitude and keep our tongue moist with your remembrance oh Allah guide us to know what is good make us benefit from what we want we have learned and increase our knowledge oh Allah Give us in this world that which is good And in the year after that which is better And save us from the torment of the fire mm-hmm. O oh Allah, provide protection to our brothers and sisters And our children in Asham, Palestine, Yemen, Afghanistan, Kashmir, <coughs> Burma, Iraq, Pakistan And other parts of the world mm-hmm. O oh Allah, keep us in them on a straight path And fill their hearts with patience and tranquility mm-hmm. Amen, Ya Rabbil Alameen la in aw ربنا ولا تحمل علينا, حق علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به وعفو عنا وغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فنصرنا على القوم الكافرين عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء بالقربة وينهى على الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي عدكم لعلكم تذكرون Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe.